May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our salvation. This is the 4th of July weekend, and many people will be heading off soon to parks, campgrounds, rivers, and lakes for times of fun and food, remembering, even if only in passing, the radical hopes that founded our country. One of the joys of being at a lake is skipping rocks. If you've ever done it, you know the joy of a successful rock launch, of throwing the rock just so across the water to beat gravity before it plummets to the bottom. Now there's an arch form to skipping rocks. There's first the challenge of finding that one perfect rock, the rock that's flat on two sides and rounded around the edges that'll fit into your hand, just so. And then there's the grip wrapping your finger along the edge, and the stance where you turn yourself just the right angle to the water, and whipping your arm and your torso just so, you release that rock and count the bounces before it meets its watery grave. And then you hunt for another rock and do it all over again. But if you're going to have any chance of success, the water needs to be calm and flat. Ocean water will never work. And one of the stories related to an ocean that I heard growing up is that there was a man who was walking along the shore of an ocean. The man is walking along the beach and he notices this little boy and he's also picking up something and throwing it into the water. And approaching the boy, he says, what are you doing? And the youth replies, I'm throwing the starfish back into the ocean. The surf is up, but the tide is going out, and if I don't throw them all in, they're going to die. Son, the man said, don't you realize that there are miles and miles and miles of beach and hundreds, possibly even thousands of starfish? You can't make a difference. After listening politely, the boy bent down picked up another starfish, and threw it back into the surf. Smiling at the man, he said, I made a difference for that one. Perhaps like me, you've heard the starfish story told many different ways. Sometimes it's an older man throwing the fish. Sometimes it's a mom and a child. But the moral of the story is that the needs around us are so great, but we're still invited to do something. The gospel this morning offers us messages of hope and comfort. When life is going well, we offer words of joy, celebration, and congratulations. But words of hope and comfort seldom live in a vacuum. It is in times of difficulty, loss, trial, and exhaustion that we offer these types of words. If you will recall from last week, Father Steve, in his inaugural pulpit message, drew from the passage that preceded this that speaks of deep division and pain, that being a disciple of Jesus means there is a cross for each of us to bear, and that in losing our lives, we will find them again. 
How hard that must have been for those Christians who were living in tension with other faiths that surrounded them and with a Roman government in transition. Their hearing of their commission given by Jesus Christ to share the good news of God and that the kingdom of heaven is near. And the presence of the kingdom of heaven creates change where that which was once broken becomes whole, where that which has once been rejected is welcomed, and that which is bound now finds freedom. Because of the generosity of God, the disciples were entrusted with this work of God in the world. It was not of their own merits. It wasn't because Peter was so wise. It was because God entrusted it to them. They were not to be overly concerned with the matters of this life, with money or shelter or even their very lives. And I think that's a very radical thing for Jesus to ask of anyone. What to wear, what to eat, what to put away for retirement, what schools we should have, our level of education, should we advance in business while caring for the earth or become a minimalist? How much of our own lives are filled with these concerns? But beyond all of these concerns, normal, rational, reasonable, we are called to trust not only God, but in each other, to be with people who might not be just like me and trust in their goodness and general welcome. And we are called to be people who are trustworthy and welcoming to people who are not like ourselves and to welcome them and trust them as much as we desire ourselves to be welcomed and trusted. When we hear of all the trouble of the world and experience mistreatment at the hands of others, we can choose to close our hearts and become bitter and hopeless. Yet still, we are called to welcome, to keep an open heart, to be actively involved in the welfare of others in seeing that what God has called them to do and to assist them in coming to fruition. In a state like Indiana, which is filled with such strife, in a nation where Christianity is linked to hatred instead of love and forgiveness, that can be a very tall order. Where life is touted as sacred when it's unborn and disposable once it takes its breath, here indicated by economic disparity affecting education, housing, health care, and even basic safety, we are still called to care even when the work seems so great. Where the bright hope penned by our founding fathers is achieved by smaller and smaller segments of our population and dimmed by so many, as followers of Jesus, we have our work cut out for us. And this is where the scripture gives us hope. We cannot fix everything, but we can do something. We can throw a starfish back into the water. We can start with little things. Jesus says that whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple will not lose their reward. Water, cold water, refreshment in a desert land and for a parched soul. Maybe someday, we will build those wells that are needed, replace the plumbing. But for today, maybe it's just one cup of water. A cup that's given to little ones, not the rich and famous, not the influencers and the powerful, 
but the ones who might go unnoticed, who might not even recognize that they are in need. Given in the name of a disciple, not even in the name of Jesus, but in the name of those who follow Jesus, like you, like me, like the church. A cup of water, a simple act of kindness with no expectation for reward because we see the people around us and we choose to see their need. We recognize that we can't do everything, that we are fallible, human, and broken, and still we are willing to do something out of a heart of compassion because compassion is always a choice. How blessed we have been this week to witness acts of compassion over and over again, large and small, by so many of our parishioners as we've held eight services in eight days. Person after person has stepped up to create bulletins, read poetry, serve as greeters for the first time in their lives, help coordinate Polly Murray events, bake homemade cookies, which were really good, find substitutes when they couldn't be here, set and reset communion, and a host of other things, all for the love of God and for others, to provide a welcoming space for all people needing to remember that God loves them unconditionally and welcomes them in a world that has lost much of its peace and its calm. What I do matters. What you do matters. What we all do together matters. May God grant us the will to do all that we can, noticing with compassion those around us, however imperfectly we do it, that we can be a welcoming place and a blessing in the world. Amen.